Tucker in the orange record books with his fifth touchdown of the game. All across CNY. Kick the tires and light the fires, Big Daddy. It's the 315. Hardy faking feeds the great savings. He scores! Here's Brian Higgins. Hey, hey, people. What is going on? Hope your Christmas and holiday season is going well. Whether they be back at work today, enjoying a week off, taking a little time away, whatever you may be up to on this uh, Tuesday afternoon. Brian, along with you. And that's it. You're stuck with me this week. Uh, nobody else is here. No Orange Nation, no X. If you want anything at all, you've got to deal with me. We're here today, we're here tomorrow. Uh, the positive side, or negative, depending on your views, you don't have to deal with me all that much. Uh, today and tomorrow we are here. Thursday, bowl game, all day long. We're locked in, locked and loaded. Two o'clock kick from Yankee Stadium, and that will be a majority of what we do uh, today and certainly tomorrow is talk pinstripe bowl. Get you ready. And uh, I'm a, is this breaking news? Could be breaking news. It's the first time that I am delivering this news to you. We are doing a bowl watch party, people, on Q Sports Talk on Thursday. uh, Jordan will be in here uh, watching the bowl game, and you can watch him watching the game. It's uh, entirely possible at points during the game, these games are long now, I may also wander in the room and watch the game. And perhaps I'll say something about the game, and then I'll leave the room. And then we'll have a post-game show afterwards. So uh, there is all of that. Pre-game show as well on Thursday with X. But as far as our normal uh, weekday uh, shows, all we got uh, this week is uh, me right now and then uh, me again tomorrow, uh, which then will be right now. And then bowl game stuff on Thursday. And then uh, if you like bowl games, we got bowl games on the radio tonight. and uh, Friday, uh, hey, we, we, were, we were trying. We were going to have shows, but, you know, the Duke's Mayo Bowl said, no, there must be Mayo. I know the uh, show that precedes ours normally is an anti-Mayo association. We are pro-Mayo here on the 315. And uh, we are pro having the Duke's Mayo Bowl on our fine airwaves on Friday afternoon. Shout out to Duke's. It's uh, it's it's a little it's zesty. It's zingy. It's got a little something to it. So that's the plan for the week. There's the week. Hope everyone has had a, a good Christmas season, good holiday season, whatever you may be up to. We are uh, through the eight days and uh, the eight nights of Hanukkah. We are through Christmas. You've got the toys. You've got whatever's going on. Hopefully you've had yourself a healthy and happy holiday season. That you're not weighed down by too many cookies. Or maybe that you are weighed down by too many cookies. Tis the season. And uh, here we are. We have arrived at, at long last. My goodness. Sometimes it feels like nothing really happens between the end of the season and the bowl game. You're like, man, we're still doing that football thing, huh? When did they last play? Like seven years ago? There's a game this week, you say. Well, my goodness, this year, it never really went away, uh, did it, if you're Syracuse, with everything that has happened. The coordinators changing, the portal opening, the portal closing, uh, commitments and decommitments with early signing day. Like uh, many things happened. And we never really uh, took that big step away. Maybe the first week after the end of the regular season, there, you know, okay, basketball time. 
Bowl games in a month. Not a lot's going on. And even at that point, we didn't even know what bowl game it was one week after the season. And none of the newsy items had really occurred as of yet. And uh, yet now, here we be. All of the things have occurred, and we're kind of at the back end. Uh, we'll hear a little bit from uh, some of the major players in the uh, coaching shuffling and uh, the major people that affected uh, coming up in a, a little bit. Uh, the new offensive coordinator, Jason Beck. Uh, Nick Monroe, the interim defensive coordinator for this bowl game, the quarterback Garrett Schrader, and the linebacker Marlo Wax. We'll get a little snippet from all of them uh, on kind of their perspective on everything that has gone down uh, and just rapid fire gone down over the course of uh, the last uh, few weeks. So we'll we'll get into all of uh, that stuff and uh, looking forward to getting into, you know, all that stuff here this week. But... Uh, you know, as we start getting into this bowl week, it's oh, it's back to football time now. There's a there's a football game to play this week, and you know one that counts, one you can get a win on, one you can use to kind of launch yourself toward uh, the new year and everything that's coming. So many teams going into this game, these games over bowl season, you know, without star players, without anybody that really matters going toward next year. And, you know, you, you see all that. And for the Syracuse, Sean Tucker is opted out of the game. Matthew Bergeron's opted out of the game. But I think big picture, you think about, okay, how, how can Syracuse use this as a jumping off point towards 2023? Which, and I'm intrigued to see. Our, our one guest today is Roddy Jones. Uh, for those that will be watching the game on television, we have the game on radio, of course, over on TK99 and ESPN 1200 on Thursday on the uh, Syracuse Sports Network from Learfield with pregame coverage starting at high noon, kickoff just past two from Yankee Stadium. But, you know, go back, I don't know, five years is probably not long enough, 10 years, 15, certainly 20. Like the result of all of those bowl games back in the day, they mattered, did they not? They could be fun. But it felt like they mattered. Like it, like the 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 main takeaway out of bowl games back in the day is who won the game. These days, now it's nice to win the game. I think uh, certainly if you're Syracuse, you would uh, aggressively prefer to win the game. But like, if you don't, you know, so be it. Because of the opt outs, because of the coaching changes, because of the portal. You know, you're not you're not going into it with your, your full set of weaponry, regardless of what team uh you are. Syracuse included. A Syracuse uh, you know, we've talked about this ad nauseum over the last few weeks since the portal yawned open. The Orange have had nine players as of the moment, put their name in the portal. You say, Man, oh, nine, that's a lot. Until you use perspective. And I saw this the other day. Uh, it listed teams. Texas A&M is it was like 24 people in the portal. But the average number of people in the portal a Division One team has right now is 10. And the Orange have nine. So there's all that. So now I think the, the main thing you want to get out of a bowl game these days, setting aside the playoff and all that, is setting yourself up for 2023 or the next year whatever that may be. And what does that mean? 
I think that means different things to different uh, programs. Now, it could mean win the game. Win the game. Positive momentum. Launch off into the offseason. Okay. Well, it could mean that. It could mean, now, in Syracuse's case, you say, man, Sean Tucker's opted out. Matthew Bergeron's opted out. But who's back? What's the main thing that's going to be here next year? Garrett Schrader at quarterback. And the guy he is most tied with right now. Who is that, you may ask? Well, you talking about Aronde Gadsden? I am not talking about Aronde Gadsden. No, he threw him the ball a whole ton this year. But I'm talking about Jason Beck. His quarterback coach this year is now quarterback coach and offensive coordinator uh, going forward to next year. Uh, that is the thought. Can these two, now they've worked together for a whole year. Is one game going to change it? But no, you want to you wanna head off into the offseason with these two guys in harmony. And, and that, you know, for fan base, for roster... Uh, for workouts, heading into spring ball, for all that. Like, if you get through this game and you see that those two, you know, even now uh, more woven together now that the play calling is included too. Like, I think that is something that can send you into the offseason. You know, some teams use it to get in the offseason the other way. They're playing their veterans. Uh, they're trying to they, – this, I think, would be what Syracuse did in 2018. You want to send a, a special group out on top, and that can send you into the offseason in a way, and the Orange did that back in 2018 with Eric Dungy. So we'll see how it all comes together in the bowl game. They're in the midst of a bowl week right now down in New York. Uh, and we'll be talking to uh, many people that are going to be involved in uh, covering this game over the course of the next couple of days. As mentioned, Roddy Jones, uh, Roddy Jones, West Durham, both friends of the show, uh, will be on the call of this game on the ESPN family of networks this week. Is the game on actual ESPN? Most of the bowl games are on ESPN without any associated number or letter uh, to go along with this. But uh, we'll have both Roddy and Wes on this week, both at 3 o'clock, Roddy today and Wes tomorrow. So looking forward to that. Adam Terry will obviously be on the uh, call on radio uh, tomorrow. He'll be joining, or Thursday rather, he'll be joining us tomorrow at 3.30. Uh, Mario Sacco, friend of the show, Sacco Sixpack, will be recapping uh, the week's picks here coming up in a moment. It was not a great week of picks. Uh, but we will recap nonetheless. Uh, Mario will be headed down uh, that way uh, to cover the game on Thursday for News Channel 9. He'll be joining us uh, from somewhere down there uh, tomorrow. I'm not sure if he'll have put feet inside Yankee Stadium yet at the time, be en route. He will be en route. to. He'll be in the vicinity. But we'll talk to Mario uh, tomorrow. So uh, that that is the show for the week, uh, getting ready for the bowl game. So you don't want to hit it from uh, from every which way. But the, the teams down there right now, they're in the midst of doing all the bowl stuff. There's always bowl stuff. And, you know, I feel I've said this before. It, it is easy to complain about being in a cold-weather bowl game. Or in Syracuse's case, oh, the pinstripe bowl again. Well, it's been a decade, but you know. Ugh, again, three of the last five bowl games, the same thing again, again. Well, the players haven't been there. And who knows this? I don't know how many of the players have ever been there in general with there being New York City. I get it. We're Syracuse. The school is in New York, but um, not a lot of the rosters from here. And even if they're from here, here, here is not there, there. Hmm? So. It's not 80 degrees and sunny and there's no pool. But Christmas time in New York City is not a, you know, 
that's not like a, a crap consolation prize uh, for the team uh, to go down there. Or for people that want to go see it. Yeah. Uh, do you get to pack the swim shorts and the suntan lotion? Uh, no. But, I mean, the list of things they've done. Yesterday, they visited uh, the World Trade Center area and the 9-11 Memorial. And, and there was some uh, uh, nice pictures. If you go to the uh, various Instagram sites and Twitter and wherever wherever it is you consume your Syracuse football social media, I'm sure you can find it, of the team bringing orange roses to the site and uh, laying them down at the names of the uh, 30 Syracuse grads that uh, perished down there on uh, 9-11. That's a, a touching moment. Uh, tonight, both teams are going to take a little hockey at Madison Square Garden. Rangers caps. Shout out Alex Ovechkin, who just passed uh, Gordie Howe for number two on the NHL all-time goal scorers list. Uh, the dude has scored a lot of goals. So many hockey guys there are amongst uh, the two teams. I mean, Minnesota's playing in the game. Like, come on, your state school in Minnesota. Like, some of you guys got to know hockey. There's a lot of lakes, and they get pretty chilly. Then tomorrow, the captains, the coaches, they go down to the New York Stock Exchange. You go past the bowl and the road. You go down Wall Street. You get to the building. Like, everybody knows whether you've been there or not. You know the, the shot of the people that ring the bell. Ding, 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 ding. Time to trade. Well, who gets to ring the bell the day before the pinstripe bowl? Like the teams that are playing the pinstripe bowl. That's pretty cool. Don't don't crash the markets on us, people, but that's, you know, that's pretty cool. So, you know, you know, say whatever you will about the pinstripe bowl, but it, they they do it up in a way that makes sense. They they New York it up in a way that's nice uh, for the teams. And I, I think the Yankees and the pinstripe bowl, like everyone that's, that's involved in this, like they understand they are hosting a bowl game in which the weather is not a deciding factor on attendance in a positive way or a deciding factor for the teams in their enjoyment level of being in the game on a positive way. So they go out of their way to add all this stuff. Like you go to a bowl game in Florida, like you don't have to add a whole lot of stuff to have a good time. You just go outside. There's your stuff. What did we do? We walked outside. It was 80. What else did you do? Well, I sat down. It's pretty good. So looking forward to all that and all the, uh, you know, the stuff that goes with it. And uh, it's good stuff. And we'll uh, we'll see how the season ends. It's going to be very interesting, I think, with uh, Jason Beck calling the plays. You know, what little wrinkles does he have? Little tweaks, little things that he would do differently. Why? Because the offense is the same, but everybody has a little thing they do different. Nobody's going to do what their boss did 100% of the time. He's not going to call every same play that Robert and I would have called in the same order at the same time with the same conversation with the quarterback. Same, same, same. No, it'll be something different. LeQuinn Allen's not going to do all the same stuff Sean Tucker would have done. We'll see. And we'll see that coming up on Thursday all throughout the day here. But uh, we'll talk about that with Roddy Jones, who's uh, got the game on uh, ESPN uh, this Thursday with Wes Durham. We'll have Roddy today and Wes tomorrow on the program. With that, uh, we'll hit a break. When we come back, we'll hear from some of the particulars in the uh, proceedings over the course of the last couple of weeks. Jason Beck, Nick Monroe, Garrett Schrader, and uh, one Marlo Wax. We'll do all that when we come back. Uh, Matt is here today. He'll be in a couple times today. Not one, but two. How about that? We'll talk to him around uh, 2.30. Producer Matt. Gambling picks coming up, or gambling recap, rather, coming up at the end of the hour. Uh, hopefully we didn't lose all your uh, Christmas money already. <laughs> 
Because if you follow these picks to the hilt, oh boy. That would not have gone so well for you. We'll get into all that as we uh, roll along throughout the show. Thanks to everyone who's uh, hopped on today, joining us over your holiday break or still churning away at work, whatever you may have going on uh, this Tuesday afternoon here in the Q's. We'll take a break. Much more to come after this is QSportsTalk.com and ESPN Radio. ESPN 97.7 and 100.1. Watch live on QSportsTalk.com. All across CNY. It's the 315. Here's Brian Higgins. Have yourself a yeah, we still play Christmas music after Christmas around these parts. Let your heart be light. That is what we do around here. Because, you know, it is the Christmas season, right? We're not, we're not quite done. We're not quite done with the, the Christmas. We got uh, two more days left of uh, Christmas bump music before we... Before retire it uh, for the year. But right now, um, what uh, what do we need to do? We gotta we gotta hear from some people. We gotta hear some stuff. We gotta hear some stuff about the bowl game and everything that's gone on around it. It's time to spin the wheel. Let's spin the random wheel. All right, all right. So it's been a um, it's been a crazy few weeks around the Orange football team. Huh? Just a little bit. Just a little bit. You know, had coordinators, didn't have coordinators. Had coordinators again. Uh, players left in the portals. Players came in in the portal. This, then, the other thing. Uh, but, you know, he's been here the whole time, the starting quarterback. Did he look at the portal? He did not. Did he look at leaving? He did not. Um, Garrett Trader's just here. Then his coordinator left, and then a new one showed up. Uh, here's how Garrett went through the whole process of that. It's actually a funny story because we were all hanging out over at our place, and uh, one of our – uh, David Sobs, one of our student interns, uh, was he called and told us. We're like, that's not. We didn't believe it. You know, thought it was just you know a rumor or whatever. And then, sure enough, twenty five minutes later, all articles started coming out. So it was um, it was overwhelming at first. It was so it's because we lost Coach White earlier that day. I mean, as soon as we found out uh, Coach Bagwell from the OC, you know, that was kind of put put to rest, and you know, we were ready to get back. to work and yeah it's kind of crazy isn't it so you know garrett's just sitting around with the boys chilling you know as one does and this news broke what uh, who wasn't sitting on their couch at the time the news came out it was like eight o'clock on a tuesday if i'm remembering my days of the week correctly doesn't really matter but it's you know it's it was at the sitting around on the couch hour of the day he's the starting quarterback that this stuff was moving so fast and well, here's some from Jason Beck, but not this. Jason Beck said, like, Dino is trying to madly get in touch with him that day. Jason is at 30,000 feet. He's on a plane. You do not get calls when you're on a plane. So he lands. He's got, like, 78 voicemails uh, from Dino and approximately 3,076 texts. I believe those numbers are accurate. Like, this is how fast the news moves. It's moving so fast, you don't even have time to tell your starting quarterback, much less the whole team. So not that, you know, you got to reach out and do that before things are official, but... It is wild how news moves these days, but why is it important that Garrett Schrader likes this? Because Jason Beck understands, and this is something he took from his previous uh, boss and uh, longtime co-worker and Robert Anai, now the offensive coordinator at 850 large a year at NC State, that while it's great to have a system and while it's great to you know have some consistency in your play calling, if you do not take what you do and mold it around the guy that's going to be running the offense, a.k.a. the quarterback, then as a coordinator, you know, 
maybe you're not really the smart one out there. You know, this is going back a ways, but we've had points where we had Taysom Hill as our quarterback, and when he went out, our backup was a true freshman pocket passer. I mean, they were just totally different guys. And uh, so that whole thing switched in that moment. And so it's not a system. It's, it's, he's very flexible and builds to people's strengths. And so taking that um, lesson from him, I, I feel that's one of the things he does most is he doesn't get stuck in his own way. He's always looking to innovate, create, and play to the strengths of, of his players um, instead of his his system or, or what have you. Uh, you know, Beckin and I, they, they had been together as coaches for the last 10 years. Now they are apart, and obviously Jason's in control of the system. But, you know, that that's something I praise Dino for. Dino came in here with the, this is my offense, Orange is the new fence, this is what we're doing. Tempo, 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 tempo. And it worked until it didn't. I feel a lot of coaches... It would have just kept not working, then you get fired, and then you go home. Now, who knows what the long term is going to be for for Dino. Things uh, still need to keep trending in a positive direction uh, much more than they did this year. But neither here nor there. Uh, Dino changed his defense, and he changed his offense. Most head coaches would not do that. And he brought in coordinators to the quarterback coach that also did that of their own volition. Dino did that by bringing in people with their knowledge. These guys did it themselves. And, you know, Jason Beck was talking about uh, what happened uh, with Taysom Hill, and I believe his name was Tanner Mangdom back at BYU back in the day. They also did the same thing, not because of injury, just because of, you know, graduation and people moving on in Virginia. They had Bryce Perkins. He was a great dual threat quarterback. He's now in the NFL with the Rams as one of their uh, many, many backups that they were doing that thing and, you know, running around and dual threat, and then he left, and then they had Brandon Armstrong. And what did they do? They slung it all over the lot. Because Armstrong's not a runner. So they slung it all over the lot. You got to look at your personnel. KYP, know your personnel. You got to look at your personnel and make decisions off of that. And who knows who the next quarterback is going uh, to be. Because oh, saying, obviously, well, Schrader's going to start next year. Clearly, Carlos Del Rio Wilson will start the year after that. Well, if you know that today, Kreskin, you're doing pretty good. Especially in college football 2022, 2023, 2024. I don't know who's on the team next week. I, I don't know when people are hopping into the portal or NILing out of town or this, that, and the other thing. you got to be nimble, even more nimble in this day and age, to switch it up to match your skill set. Which is, it's hard, it's hardest to do in football. Not that it's easy to do in basketball, but you know, basketball, you got five guys on the court. You can, you've got X number of plays for each of the different positions. If your best player is your small forward, you call more of those plays. If your best player is your point guard, you call more of those. Now, in, in football, it's it's more like a slow-moving ship. It takes a little while to turn the thing around. But being able to be nimble, and if Syracuse's next quarterback is a pure pocket passer as opposed to Schrader, who's a dual threat, well, Beck, at his previous spot, has shown the ability to do that. So that, that's good knowledge to have. And we'll see if any of that, you know, the kind of way he shows that, will spill out a little in the bowl game. Now, we may not be able to see that kind of major difference if Schrader's going the route in a game like this, but, you know, something to look out for. 
On the defensive side of the ball, uh, quite a saga it was with Tony White leaving and then Nick Monroe as the interim, and now Rocky Long coming in as the full-time guy. Nick Monroe will still uh, coordinate and call the defense during the bowl game. And here is Nick. Uh, what is it going to be like for him to work with Rocky? I don't want to steal Coach Baver's like movie line thunder deals or anything, but I know he said something the other day about how Coach Long's kind of like, I mean, I guess it would be like Obi-Wan, right? Like, like he's almost Yoda, if you will, I guess in that regard, right? So like it is very humbling and it's almost like this. Uh, the way I approach it now is, hey, I'm just like a player again and I'm going to relearn it as a player with zero thoughts pre-snap, with zero ego, with zero mindset as far as, oh, yeah, well, this is how we did it or this is why we – nah, I'm just going to erase everything in that regard and relearn it as a player. Uh, so, yes, he, he now he's working with – blitzing Marlowe Wax is. And, you know, everyone likes Nick. If you don't like Nick, I, I don't know what to do with you. He had some other stuff to say, too, because people asked, okay, so you're you're not the defensive coordinator. Like, Do you, do you want to be a defensive coordinator? Yeah, of course I do, but, and you know. But Nick is a guy that, and it had to, you'd think, it had to disappoint Nick in some way. Like, he's the heir apparent on staff and didn't get the job. It would be very easy, would it not, to go into the tank? You know, if you're next in line at whatever your gig may be and then somebody else comes in and the job opens up, it's your turn, then it goes to somebody else. Yeah, it's pretty easy to say, uh, yeah, screw that, bye bye Nick has done uh, the opposite, at least in the way he has presented it. And when he presents stuff, he presents it all in. So a full credit uh, to Nick on that. And, you know, good for him. He gets a chance to call the bowl game. Why not? You get your chance here. Go all out, man. It's not the day to be conservative if you're only doing it once. Here's Marlowe Wax. You know, I heard from Garrett Schrader what it was like. For Garrett, it all happened in about an hour of his coordinator leaving and then getting another one, also on the same day that Tony White left. For Marlowe, the process was longer on defense. Thoughts have to go through your head if you're Marlowe Wax. If Marlowe Wax went into the transfer portal today, you know how many offers that dude would have? So there was, you know, a pretty unsettled like week and a half, whatever it was, for guys on defense, for guys like Marlowe. We saw the transfer portal come into play. Jihad Carter gone. Deuce Chestnut gone. Was that why? We don't know. But if you look at the timing, that's what happened. Here, here's Marlowe and what it's been like going from Tony White to Rocky Long with the pit stop at Nick Monroe in the middle. Coach Bay was definitely like told told us, uh, like just be, just wait, be patient. We, me and him definitely had talks because when a coach like Coach White leaves, a lot of people like. It's, it's it feels different. People get scared, like they don't know how next year's gonna look. But with Coach Long coming in and the speech he did give us, just it did make you want to go in the field the next day. Just really, he just it, he knows a lot. He's a one of the, he's a great defensive mind. He just we we know he's gonna have us prepared. Uh, yeah, and I think that's important too. Like, okay, Marlo's got one more year, but that that could be an unsettling week and a half. Like if you are uncertain and you say, "Man, if I don't go now." If, if I don't think this situation is stable for me, if I think for me, and this is not a selfish thing for Marlo. Like, if Marlo's sitting there, okay, next year, I'm going to be up for the NFL draft. I think I'm going to get picked. I'm hearing I'm going to get picked. Which is very viably the case for Marlo. But if, if there is an unsettled defense here, my stock might tank. 
I need to watch my back and, and go somewhere else. People say, oh, it's so selfish. That wouldn't be selfish. That would be smart. But he listened. He asked the right questions. He heard from the head coach. He was assured, and there was follow-through. So, well, you know, maybe the process looked weird or whatever from the outside. It feels like hearing what Marlowe said about it, it happened in a way, at least for MA's perspective, uh, that he could feel comfortable with it. So that is a that is a good sign going forward. Interesting to hear from, you know, a little bit different types there. Beginning of bowl week, the OC, the interim uh, DC, the team's down there uh, right now. I believe they just finished up their uh, practice today. They were practicing at Columbia. Uh, that was earlier today. Believe the players and people had words to say afterwards. Maybe we'll hear some of that today or tomorrow. Coaches have a press conference tomorrow as well, so we'll hear a little bit more uh, from the particulars participating in the pinstripe poll as we head toward a kickoff time slightly less than 48 hours from now. With that, we'll take a break. A recap of our dreadful picks this week coming up at the end of the hour. There were two two total wins between our two total pickers. You'd prefer more, but what can you do? Uh, coming up next, Matt will be in here. What are we going to do with Matt? I don't know. Something. Football? Maybe. We're going to talk about sports. How about that? We're going to do that when we come back. Roddy Jones, normally ACC Network ESPN with West Durham calling the game on Thursday. He'll join us at 3. Rolling along here in the 315 on the 315 all across CNY. It's QSportsTalk.com and ESPN Radio. Watch your favorite ESPN Syracuse sports talk shows on QSportsTalk.com. All across CNY, it's the 315. Here's Brian Higgins. You better watch out. You better not cry. Here we are rolling along on this Tuesday. Is it Tuesday? Man, is it possible to know what day it is this time of the year? I venture no. Cleans it up a little that Christmas and New Year's are Sundays uh, this year, but uh, no, it's um, if you know what day of the week it is this time of the year, congratulations to you. You are doing better than most of the rest of the world. But we are here on a Tuesday. We're going to do a lot of talk about the Pinstripe Bowl this week. The Pinstripe Bowl is on a Thursday, which is two days from now. Full coverage coming on Thursday. Pre-game show with Axe at uh, noon. And uh, the game's over on TK. And post-game coverage afterwards, we'll have it back uh, right here after the game. So uh, that is how we're going to do that on uh, Thursday. Then uh, today, Roddy Jones at 3.30, or 3 o'clock, not 3.30, 3 o'clock will join us. Uh, tomorrow, we'll talk to Mario's down there. We'll be down there. He's not down there yet. Talk to Mario. Uh, we'll talk to Wes Durham, who's calling the game on television. We'll talk to our friend Adam Terry. He'll be on uh, the radio. So uh, like if if somebody's calling the game, if like anyone's involved with these broadcasts, uh, they got to talk to me. Them, them's the rules of the pinstripe pole, whether the pinstripe pole people know it or not. Uh, Matt, Matt's going to be back here at, at 315. Uh, we'll play the fancy open and all that stuff then. Uh, but, like, twice seems like a lot. So, yeah. like, there's no fan. Here's Matt. Like, that's, here's Matt. That's our fanfare. That's all I got. No, the beauty of this is I get, for me at least, I get more time to talk. So you don't have yeah, to I mean, it's a pretty, open. it's a long intro. There's a lot of stuff going on. Yeah, but now now the floor is open. We'll do a little NFL recap. Okay. Again. Not too much NFL conversation going we, on. We didn't get to do our normal uh, week preview on Friday. I know. It was unfortunate. So now we're going to do the opposite. A week recap. Yeah. Uh, the Jets have everything break their way. Miami loses. New England loses. So now all you got to do is, is win out and then hope that either Buffalo or Miami can beat New England. And the Jets, the Mike White-led Jets, may actually hold the seventh seed 
playoffs. I'd, I'd like to see the Mike White Jets in the playoffs. I don't want to see the Zach Wilson Jets in the anything. But I, I watch the Mike White Jets in the playoffs. I, I think the Zach Wilson Jets are gone. Long gone. Yeah. Gone. What team scares you most out of New England, Miami, the Jets, and I guess the Chargers? Chargers. See, they don't scare me because they it's, don't really make sense in my head. Oh, well, they like get the, Herbert is the best quarterback. That's why. But they, they're, they're just, in my mind, they are a broken team. I thought you were going to say just the three AFC East teams, so I was starting to say Dolphins. Then you said, shh, and I just jumped on it. You think yeah. the Dolphins are over the other two? Well, I, <laughs> if we had this conversation a month ago, that would have been an easy answer. Yeah. Um, like, none of the AFC East teams really scare me right now. Like, if you're going to be, if they're the six or the seven, so basically they're, are, are they playing some combination in the playoffs of the Chiefs, the the Bills, or the Bengals, however that sorts itself out? Yeah, yeah I, I wouldn't be shaking in my boots if I were those three. If, I mean, <laughs> the Bills, I guess, should be scared of the Dolphins. They played two wild games with them, but no. What if I thought the Jaguars in there? And they'll probably ah, win their Remember, division. I like the Jaguars. I'm suddenly back to being right. I predicted the Jaguars to win that division for based on nothing, like the second week of the season. And it looked like I was going to be very wrong. Now they got to win are, one are game. Are you right, or are this, the Titans wrong in this scenario? Both, I think. Yeah, the Titans should be up like three games in the division, and they're not. But I, I think I'm right about what I, I thought that I saw in the Jaguars. Like the stuff I thought they're good at, they're now being good at. There and Trevor been. Lawrence has played really, really well. He has been awesome. It's, yeah. it's a shame we can't see him in New York. Um, anyway. Yeah, I've, Bay, I have not really seen him play football all season. Green Bay keeps their playoff hopes alive. They're a half game back of Washington. Mm-hmm. They're tied with Seattle and Detroit, who have the tiebreaker for that final spot. But their final games, Minnesota and Detroit. They if have they to win both. they beat Detroit, they can take Detroit out of the equation. Yep. But then it's Seattle. And then, I guess, Washington. And they need them both to lose, I think, right? So Seattle's got to lose one more. And then I guess Washington has to lose out. No. I, I think, think if they both lose one. Yeah, I think it's like they, if all the three green, of them, yeah. and they're obviously playing Detroit, I think if all three lose one. And the and Packers, Packers win, out, win both. they the Rodgers will be in the playoffs. Yeah. And they're looking a little frisky all of a sudden. Do you see that happening? Or are you, are you, are you out on Green Bay? I mean, I don't think they're any good this year. But I like Washington stinks. The Lions, you know, they're the Lions. They had a fun month there, but they stink. All of those teams stink. The Giants stink, but they're great. And they got that win against Washington. Yeah, they got the they won their most important that, yeah. game, and it, like if they lose to the Colts this week, then they really stink and don't deserve to make the playoffs. Um, so yeah, like somebody's got to be the seven seed. I, I, yeah. Do you like that there's seven teams now? No. You want to go back to six? Yeah, I like even numbers. That's true. Yeah. Yeah. There's a prime number of playoff teams in each. Con- like it, it doesn't, doesn't divide. Sense. It doesn't divide. You can't divide it. Bothers yeah. me. And then you got to wait because there's one one seed with the bye, and now you got to wait for them to come in. And if yeah. there's a whole bracket situation, you don't know what happens there because what if the, the two seed loses to the seven seed? Yeah, it's a whole thing. Uh, Denver, not a playoff team. No. The Rams, also not a playoff team, but somehow they put up 51 against Denver. My goodness. That That's a that's a tough loss. The Rams are terrible right yes. now. I guess not. I guess Baker Mayfield saved them. Apparently, yeah. Baker Mayfield's 2-0 is the Rams starter. But it was Get so it. bad that... Denver had to fire their coach. This is only, I believe, the fifth time all time for a coach to be fired before the end of the season. I think I the saw his first season. Yeah, before his first season. I, I think I saw this is the case. It's it's only the fifth time like a coach has not made it to the end of his first season. Only twice, I guess, have they been like fired. There's been other whatever. And it was last year where there had been Meyer. Yep. 
Which, Belichick obviously had one day with the Jets, which doesn't really count. Counting I don't that. know. If, I don't know if he's one of the five or not. There's a handful of them, and two are on the Jets. It's like Rich Kotite, I think, <laughs> didn't make it. Maybe, and then there's another one I saw. Somewhere. Yeah, Rich Kotite. It, it was tough. But, yeah. So uh, pour some out for our buddy Nathaniel Hackett. We like Nathaniel, but yes. mm. we have sound from uh, the broadcast on Nickelodeon. This is this the game, only good thing about this game is they which, did the Nick game on Nickelodeon with a, you know, Noah Eagle, our friend, and like Nickelodeon people and. It was great. And there was a Patrick Starr sighting that was, it, it was so good. Sometimes when social media lo- hypes up a video, I'm like the opposite and I just negate it and I say, this stinks. I, I cannot say a single thing bad about this audio. This is, I, honestly, I, I, was, I didn't have this game. I mean, it was Christmas. You're doing Christmas stuff. You're also not watching Nickelodeon. Not watching watch Nickelodeon. Like the TV, we, like we're, you know, doing Christmas. This game's the four o'clock game. So Christmas, then I saw this on Twitter after we had a lull in, Christmas, I'm like oh, I got a moment to saw that, so watch the end of the game on Nickelodeon because of this. Second in line, and, and the Broncos, and those are the big horsey uh, players. They have the ball, and they're going to see if they can find a way to move it. Oh, nice! And so what's up? Oh, there's Russ Wilson. Oh, 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 that's called the. Interception. That's not what he wanted to cook. <laughs> it's, you know, we were talking about this, but I don't think we figured it out. I don't know how, oh, Nicola, the video. Did, did, we'll did you figure it, out how they were doing it? Like, who was. Yes. We so, can watch during the Q Sports Talk break. Uh, Even well, maybe I'll, I'll try to get the video up on Q Sports Talk. Okay. So we can watch along with. Ryan. Well, that's your, your area of expertise. So we'll, if not, then I'll just show you and we can talk about it. So, how, um, was it was was that the voice of Patrick Starr? Or was did they have somebody like doing color as Patrick Starr and they like modulated it? We'll have to decipher during the breaks. So oh, there's a tease. Like that was I was I was not teasing. I was actually asking a question. But I will tease that. Matt teased it. What, one last story. I think it was amazing. Like whoever did that, the fact that they had that that was not what Russ was trying to cook line, ready to go. Even just the screaming was perfect. Was the unbelievable. Entire thing was tremendous. Unbelievable. Shout out to No Eagle for. Uh, not being Patrick Starr, but for orchestrating that uh, mess in the, been, in the best of ways. It was like Nate Burleson had a voice modulator, so he was playing <laughs> Patrick, was Patrick Starr, Starr the entire game. That would be unbelievable. Because like, the game second. was, I don't know how much they intended on using Patrick Starr Could up there. a lot of it. But they did, like the fourth quarter, he was on like the whole fourth quarter. Mm-hmm. I think because the game was trash at that yeah. point. I assume if it was close, they would have done something different other than sliming Maybe the Squidward. whole stadium and, you know. The, doing weird stuff. The, the last game I want to get to, and this was the Cowboys Eagles game, like sneakily a top five game of the year. It was uh, it was wild stuff. Gardner Minshew was leading him to win. I think the Eagles like should have won that game, they and good. they yacked it away a bunch late. It, yeah, it was a great game. And then it it was one of those, it's one of those things that it was sneaky top five, and now it's made even better by the chance, like the pretty decent chance we could see it again in the playoffs, but. With Jalen Hurts. Yeah. Do you see it as a win for the Eagles? Because they just put up 34 points on what's supposed to be a good defense with their backup With their backup quarterback? I, who had three turnovers. Uh, yeah, a win. Yeah, I don't know. It wasn't a It's. It wasn't a bad L, though. Because no. they're still going to get the one seed. It was great. Like, they still clinched the one seed with a win this week. Do you sit Jalen Hurts this week, or do you, do you play him against New Orleans? I, I'd say I have no idea what they're it's They're saying they, that he wants to play, and they're, and they're trying to push him to play. I... I, I think you can, you can beat you can beat the Saints with with Minshew. Maybe you have him 
as the backup, and he only comes in if you need the win, and, and if you're down and you need a play, I don't know. So the Eagles play the Giants last week. It's possible that the Eagles will have the one seed clinched this week, and the Giants, if they beat the Colts, will have clinched the playoffs. So the last week might not mean anything to either of them. So I don't even know what to do with that. So, yeah. I don't know. I mean, if Jalen Hurts, like, if you can make it worse, you can't play him this week. Yeah, I agree. But it sounds like it's not as bad an injury as, as they made it out to seem. I don't know. Yeah, I haven't really gotten confused. a good sense of what's going on there because, oh, my God, he's out, but maybe he's not out. He's out for weeks, but maybe he's okay. I don't, I don't know what they're doing. All right, uh, let's hit a break. Uh, Matt will be back uh, at 3.15-ish, depending how long we chat with Roddy. Or Roddy Jones will join us at 3. A recap of the uh, picks from last, fr- last Friday, last Wednesday. Maybe we should have waited till Friday when we didn't have a show to make these picks. They didn't go, they didn't go so well. We'll uh, tell you what happened uh, when we come back here on QSportsTalk.com and ESPN Radio.